0: Uh, taken some time this morning or maybe at your lunch or later on under the full moon to um, do something to connect to this uh, important day, this uh, day of our great mother, uh, who uh, this blue marble, uh, Gaia, however you think of her, um, our great mother who provides everything we need all those things we need to sustain ourselves. And uh, I'm calling uh, today's uh, Earth Day show, Time to Awaken. Uh, and yes, awakening we are. Um, the sleeping giantess, as uh, sometimes I like to refer to our collective conscious of humanity uh, is standing, uh, standing tall, and uh, we can hear her sacred roar. Uh, Yes, uh, humanity's collective consciousness is standing tall, a lot of us anyway, to protect Mother Earth, the people, and the species on the planet. Um, whether it be uh, in their global protests against the TPP trade deal that um, exploits workers and the environment, or it's our global fights to label GMOs and put uh, 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 companies like Monsanto out of business, or, um, you know, maybe some people are making this very personal and uh, thinking of becoming a vegan as uh, a new mythology or a new spirituality for the 21st century. Some, like myself, um, choosing democratic socialism over establishment politics, because those are the things that will also her- help uh, Mother Earth Um and all of this today, uh, all of this Earth Day news um, has a second layer to it. Uh, it actually has special emphasis on how, um, how we take care of the Earth or don't uh, actually affects women. So, yes, uh, the Warriors for Mother Earth and her children were on the rise, and it is time uh, for you to really think about uh, reconciling your spirituality and your politics, and, um, you know, I wonder if you're on board with me yet. Maybe so, maybe not. Maybe this will plant some seeds. So um, tonight, uh, as I said, I'm inviting you uh, to the special Earth Day presentation uh, to share with you a talk uh, that I gave last week to the Museum of Woman and the Goddess Temple of Orange County in Irvine, California, down in Southern California, uh, which was actually uh, part of a program Uh, that I'm involved in uh, uh, at Rhianne Eisler's Center for Partnership Studies on caring economics. Uh, You may or may not know Rhian Eisler. Uh, She's definitely someone whose books you should have in your library. Uh, I I, I feel her and Merlin Stone were two of the most instrumental women who put me on this path of um, goddess and uh, how goddesses associated um, with with feminism and things like taking care of the earth and... um, uh, making sure we uh, honor Earth Day, and but not just in our talk, also in uh, in our walk. And uh, Reanne, um has pivoted a little bit. Uh, she doesn't just talk about goddesses anymore and history. Uh, she's pivoted uh, to talk about the power of partnership. Uh, because, um, you know, we live in a dominator society, and that's, uh, you know, it, it, we call it patriarchy, sometimes we call it predator capitalism, but anytime people are being exploited and misused and abused and subjugated and oppressed, we are in a dominator society, and um, it is to a lesser and a greater degree, uh, depending on where you live and who you are uh, across the globe, and, um, If we don't, as as we have abused Mother Earth, um, you know, that has been our dominator society that, um, that, that we really have to get in check. And turn things around But so anyway uh, uh, Rhiann, besides uh, writing Chalice and the Blade went on to write The Partnership Way and Sacred Pleasure And Our Real Wealth And she realized that we couldn't just talk About herstory and goddesses She realized that we had to make it relevant To people every day And uh, that's why she started talking About partnership societies Uh, You know how can we Change our society uh, To reflect more of an egalitarian in society, and now one of her focuses is caring economics, and caring economics, I believe, is democratic socialism. Uh, caring economics is things like uh, making sure women have equal pay. It's uh, uh, it's taking care of the earth. It's um, talking about um, finding new ways to measure if uh, an economy is healthy and serving all the people um it's uh making sure people who stay home and are caregivers um you know that uh, they are not an invisible support a, a part of society it's making sure they uh you, you know what they do is valued because if we really do have family values um you know why are those people invisible why are they the lowest paid people on the planet Um, so it's, it's about all of that, you know, because all of this stuff goes hand in glove, um, You know, I I, I truly believe, you know, that's why I'm a big proponent of uh, reconciling our spirituality and our politics, and that means taking care of each other and the species on the planet and Mother Earth. It is about the common good. So um, as as, uh, this class I was taking, uh, one of the requirements uh, to be certified was to give a presentation and integrate everything you learned um, and make a presentation Out in public, Uh, and I did as I said at the Museum of Woman and the Goddess Temple of Orange County, and I mentioned that on the show Wednesday, and uh, I mentioned that to a number of people, and they said, "Well, you should share, you know, share what you presented wider, you know, put it on your radio show so people can hear um, what you presented because, you know, obviously, so many of you are all over the globe." So thank you. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this, um, you know, this presentation that I gave. And it wasn't scripted. Um, you know, I have uh, an outline of things, and uh, so I'm not going to sit here and read a paper to you. Uh, it will be much more um, casual than that. So. Anyway, here we go, and um, if I remember, I don't usually do this, but if I remember, I may open up the chat room uh, at the end just to see if anybody's there and would like to say something or chat. Uh, I know so many of you usually listen um, at your convenience, not when I'm actually live, um, so the chat room doesn't do you any good, Uh, but... You know, just in case anyone is listening live and would like to uh, uh, say hi or make a comment, uh, I am going to try to remember to, to open up the chat room before uh, we close tonight. So anyway, um, I started the presentation off with something called, uh, it's a prayer, uh, and it's called uh, the Prayer of Sorrow, and it comes from uh, the United Nations Environmental uh, or Publication. Um, now, I refer to it as we have forgotten who we are and um, and, and this is uh, this is how it goes. We have forgotten who we are, we have alienated ourselves from the unfolding of the cosmos, we have become estranged from the movements of the earth. we have turned our backs on the cycles of life we have forgotten who we are. We have sought only our own security. We have exploited simply for our own ends. We have distorted our knowledge. We have abused our power. We have forgotten who we are. Now the land is barren and the waters are poisoned and the air is polluted. We have forgotten who we are. Now the forests are dying and the creatures are disappearing and the humans are despairing. We have forgotten who we are. We ask forgiveness. We ask for the gift of remembering. We ask for the strength to change. So what I'd like to do is take you on the journey that um, I did when I first gave the presentation. And if you can imagine, I had a slide up, you know, uh, on the screen, and it was a picture of uh, Mother Earth. And um, the presentation, uh, Time to Awaken, will sort of include... um, different talks that I give, you know, a little bit of information from my goddess mythology talk, uh, from my goddess ecology talk, uh, and caring economics, and, you know, I'd like to start with a story about me and my mom. And imagine I switched the slide and up on the screen came a picture of my mother and me when I was about four years old. And she was playing with me on a slide uh, in the backyard. And um, I I wanted to say something about my mother. You know, my mother um, never really considered herself a feminist, I'm sure. She certainly didn't consider herself an environmentalist. Um, she, she, you know, she lacked a little bit of confidence, you know, um, she had a sacred roar in her, but it took a lot to, uh, muster up, if you will, um, but I remember when I was, I was young, I was uh, probably in grade school, uh, the, uh, behind our home was this big drainage ditch, and the oil company nearby was uh, depositing a lot of their uh, refuse and hazardous waste in that drainage ditch, and it stank. And when it rained hard and the ditch overflowed, that mean meant uh, us and all of the neighbors, um, you know, got all of that gunk from the oil company in our yards. Um, if somebody would have lit a match, it would have, you know, uh, been set aflame, and that could have potentially burned down all of our houses. So my little mom, um, who uh, you know barely worked outside the home and was mostly a homemaker, she, uh, she, you know, she got her hackles up you know and she organized the neighborhood and she had never done anything like that before and i have to tell you she was like a one woman uh crusade she beat the oil company yeah she beat the oil company and um I mentioned her today because here was one woman who made such an incredible difference and um, I didn't I hadn't actually thought about this for a really long time and, and, and in fact until I had to start thinking about this Earth Day presentation um, and I remembered that you know it somehow it came back to me from my memory uh, it had been buried. And I also remembered, um, you know, besides her teaching me what one person can accomplish, she also told me to fight for the underdog, you know. And uh, maybe because uh, she lived at a time when she felt like the underdog, you know, women had it much worse when she was a woman growing up than we women uh, do now, there weren't many choices uh You could there was no roe v Wade um, women had the choice of maybe being a sales clerk or a nurse or a secretary um if you didn't have children, well, oh God, that was a horrible sin uh so it was really difficult in her her day, and I'm sure she felt it was so important to speak up for the people who have no voice to fight for the underdog because she herself and so many of her women friends no doubt felt. Uh, under the yoke of uh, patriarchy um, so anyway um, I think uh, those things she taught me made my psyche very ripe for the teachings of Riane Eisler now imagine on my screen uh, you see a picture of Riane Re- Eisler now because I popped, you know, popped an image of Rianne. Um, So, yeah, my mother's teachings uh, created fertile ground, I think, for Rheanne's teachings about goddess and feminism and, uh, you know, caring for one another uh, to stand up, not let ourselves be uh, oppressed, you know, the importance of uh, women's empowerment. And I really started to connect the dots <clears throat> between goddess spirituality partnership versus domination, caring economics, and ideals of the sacred feminine. I I really do believe all of this goes hand in glove, as you no doubt know if you're a regular listener to the show. You know, I feel like uh, feminists, um, you know, women for so long have been fighting against the establishment, you know, against the patriarchy, against domination, and, um, you know, it's the status quo out there that – uh, keeps us down, that has subjugated us, and uh, you know, as I said, you know, we are we are awakening. It is the time. But you know, as I started to put the dots together, you know, as I started. Studying about goddess, not just as a deity and archetype, but also as ideal. You know, um, I started to realize that knowing about goddess meant knowing about more than just how to do rituals or energetics or astrology or tarot or, you know, what color candle to put where on your altar. You know, it it uh, it really sort of bleeds into um, the thing I'm most excited about talking about now, and that is is reawakening our earliest sacred stories. In other words, reawakening our goddess mythology, our goddess mythology pre-patriarchal times. And, uh, you know, that was the talk I gave at the Parliament of World Religions. And uh, and, uh, uh, and and for the purposes of today and Earth Day, uh, imagine on the screen uh, I pop up a picture of Sedna, Sedna the Inuit goddess, Because Sedna, I think of as our our environmental goddess. She represents um, that we have to be... you know, caretakers of Mother Earth, stewards uh, of the Earth. And if you don't know or haven't heard me talk about Sedna's myth, I'll just give it to you very briefly. Um, First of all, again, she's an Inuit goddess, and the Inuits are the people um, who live around the icy waters, Iceland, Greenland, Canada, Alaska, uh, maybe even Siberia. I'm not sure about that. Could be, but you know, they're the people who live on the ice. You know, they, um, you know, have the dog sleds, and they wear the, uh, you know, they use the creatures of the sea for food and tools and blubber and fuel, and um, they they kind of live a, a a life of reciprocity with nature. You know, they take from nature. Uh, but Sedna teaches humanity, teaches man that they should only take what they need, they cannot get greedy, they cannot exploit because she is there as the gatekeeper, and if they get greedy and if they take more than they need, and if they abuse the 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 creatures of the sea that provide so much for them she 'll cut them off in a flash. You know they won't have any of those creatures for anything, and they'll starve. So if you have that kind of, you know, uh, rules, uh, maybe you even think of it as a threat hanging over your head, then you do what's right, you know. So Sedna, Sedna, I believe, I really do think of her as our goddess of environmentalism. And, um, you know, her story is one of the stories that's so important to reawaken. Because, you know, if you don't think these myths are important, just think for a moment about probably the myth that has had the most impact on people across the planet, the myth of the Garden of Eden. Yes, indeed. Think of all the things that has come from that myth, especially for women, all the bad things. So anyway, if we grow up with stories that give us better values then as a society, we will have better values because our mythology really does shape our culture and shape our society and shape our psyches. So um, Sedna, you know, uh, the, the environmental goddess, her story is one for interconnection, reciprocity, partnership rather than greed and exploitation. And again, here's an example of we have to reconcile our spirituality and our politics and be sure that we aren't supporting organizations or political candidates that sell us fracking or environmental destruction or deny climate change, okay? And um, how, I mean, how many people out there support um, politicians who want to keep giving you know, money to oil companies, for instance, who just rape the planet. Um, anyway, so now imagine the next slide up on the up on the board is uh, Mother Earth. Okay, we're going to have a, a different slide of Mother Earth now to represent Goddess Ecology. Now, goddess ecology stands in sharp contrast to patriarchy or male-dominated patriarchal beliefs, institutions, and religions invested in their entitlement to rule over women and Mother Earth. We see it with uh, the dominionist interpretation of Genesis uh, in Genesis one twenty six, which gives men license to control, use, and dominate the planet. And I'll read you Genesis 1.26 um, quote. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Unquote. Now, while some interpret this to mean uh, be stewards of the earth, others greedily interpret it to mean man can dominate or subjugate everything on the planet. And it is here for his use and women and the species and and all the other resources on the planet are there for his usury. And usury is not a good word. It doesn't just mean use. It means abuse. And we know Mother Earth and women and the species with going extinct have been abused. We say patriarchal society is actually built on the four pillars of sexism, racism, class exploitation, and environmental destruction. Now imagine another slide pops up, and it is a beautiful scene of nature. Imagine a beautiful place out in nature. Now Mother Earth teaches us not um, uh, God ecology or this Genesis stuff, Uh, it teaches us goddess ecology. And, you know, and and think about what what Mother Earth teaches us. In grade school, uh, you might remember your science class taught us about the importance of balance and ecosystems so they remain healthy. You know, you introduce something into the ecosystem and it throws it out of balance. Well, it can have disastrous results, you know. Um, Nature teaches us we must conserve and tend to the soil and rotate the crops so the soil will have time to replenish and renew itself. Uh, she also teaches us that things grow from the ground up. So there goes that uh, trickle-down economics. We can just toss that idea in the trash can. And uh, evolutionary science uh, scientists have found that nature prefers altruism to selfishness. Yes, indeed. And it's the species that practice caring and sharing that will survive. It is not the species that uh, act in a survival of the fittest way, that have the best chance for evolution and sustainability. It's the ones that think of the common good, the caring and the sharing. So there's a lesson there, isn't it? Okay, next slide. Uh, Imagine you see women from third world Africa, okay, So in spite of overwhelming evidence, we have uh, political parties that deny climate change. Okay, so we're going to switch to climate change a little bit now. And I wonder if you knew that women are more vulnerable than men to climate change. Studies have shown that women disproportionately suffer the impact of disasters, severe weather events, and climate change because of cultural norms and the inequitable distribution of, um, of, of their roles, of resources, power, especially in, in these you know third world or developing countries. Women also make up the majority of the world poor and are more likely to be economically dependent on men. They also are more vulnerable because they have less access to education and information that would allow them to manage climate-related risks, um, you know, related to er their agriculture or their livestock. Another thing that increases a woman's vulnerability to severe climate uh, change or disaster uh, or really bad weather is the fact that they are the child bearers. You know, uh, know, they may be in a situation where they just can't get up and run. They have to take children with them or they may be eight months pregnant. You You know, they are much more vulnerable also all over the developing world girls and women are responsible for fetching fuel to burn to cook food now fuel is stuff that you go out and burn maybe it's twigs or leaves or branches and they also have to go out and fetch the family water well as drought uh, happens or resources dry up these females are forced to spend sometimes 2 to 20 hours scavenging for resources well besides Besides how difficult that is, that means they may never get to go to school or they risk assault and rape as they go farther and farther away from home and they're out there alone trying to gather wood and water for families. But Fortunately, the good news is um, that the people who know about these things and who are trying to help these people make changes in their lives, so uh, they aren't so vulnerable, they realize that we have to have gender-sensitive responses to climate change and severe weather and uh, you know the things that multinational corporations do to environments that destroy the environment because women often have a more intimate knowledge of their environment and they are often uh, caregivers for their families and the sick and women should therefore be in an integral part of all decision making on health system strengthening and responses to emerging diseases and health issues uh, that result from climate change You know, there's a a quote, and you may have heard it. I think it's an African quote. I tried to find the source, and um, it was a little iffy, but it goes like this. You educate a woman, and you build a nation. Yeah. Women do great things with information. Oftentimes they do better things than men do, and this isn't man bashing. Okay, I don't mean it that way. But research has shown that women may be more likely to change strategies in response to new information and make decisions that minimize their risks. When women are in control of resources, they're also more likely than men to use them for family health and economic stability. All of these qualities suggest that when women are empowered, they can be extremely effective agents of, adapt, of adaptation to disasters such as climate change and environmental disasters. That also reminds me of another thing. Um, Third world women are often the recipients of loans more quickly than the men in villages, because um, researchers have found that when you give money to a guy, oftentimes he goes to the local whorehouse or the local bar, and that's where he spends the money. But the woman, on the other hand, she is more likely to take the money and invest it in a business to be able to sustain her family or use it to help the kids go to college. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So imagine another slide pops up on my screen here, and um, it's a it's a slide that shows how the bees are dying. Yeah, because you know what? It's not just the third world countries who are having issues with nature. You know, we are struggling here in the United States as well. Um, Roy and I bought a house in a uh, outside the city and a little, little little house, very modest, but the, uh, and it's in a little valley, and the people who live there, like ourselves, we rely on seven wells in the area to get our water. Well, with the drought in California, those wells have been practically dry. Now, for me, you know what that means? If we can't get water at our house at some point, it means I'm going to have to pay to ship water in. It means um, I'm going to have that huge cost. It also means my property values are going to go down, you know. There's all sorts of things that happen when people – um, you know, when the environment gets messed up. Look at all the people who uh, are, or have had fracking done in their area. Besides the groundwater being poisoned and when they turn on their faucet and put a flame near it, the, the water coming out of the faucet, you know, lights on fire, their property values have gone to hell. They can't, you know, they can't sell these houses. I mean, their houses are worthless. Meanwhile, the oil companies or you know, who take all of this, uh, these resources from underneath uh, their houses or uh, you know the n- nearby land they 're reaping the whirlwind of profits. now does that make sense? Is that fair so you know we 've heard um, uh republicans want to disband the environmental protection agency uh and and it's not just the republicans we know it's uh corporate democrats too it's the establishment um you know they don't care if we have any federal oversight they want thing they want to just be able to do whatever um, they want to do and of course we've heard um you know, in the presidential campaign, how that happens. You know, it's big money in politics. It's legalized bribery. That's how they're getting away with fracking and poisoning groundwater, which, by the way, they're starting to think fracking has been causing all of those earthquakes in Oklahoma and Texas. You know, conservatives like the Koch brothers have poured millions into the disinformation campaign trying to convince Americans and uh, not-too-savvy politicians that climate change isn't real because even though they have more money than they could spend in a hundred lifetimes, it's not enough for them. You know, I wonder how they believe they're not going to suffer along with everyone else when the air and the water is poisoned. And no doubt you've heard about the bees dying uh, due to pesticides from companies like Monsanto. And no doubt you've heard about the Michigan water crisis where Republican budget cuts poison the city of Flint with lead. Uh, Recently here in California, we had the Parker Ranch methane leak uh, near Simi Valley. You know, I could go on and on. You know, our rivers are being poisoned. Um, You know, the habitat in the Gulf of Mexico was destroyed and all the ecosystems there but new slide pops up imagine that slide shows all of us human our human family standing up protesting in the street by the hundreds by the thousands by the millions that's what the slide shows the slide shows we are using our sacred roar activism these are the bright spots on the horizon New York has banned fracking and hopefully more states will follow. Europe has been successfully fighting Monsanto. Environmentalists in Seattle thwarted Exxon as they tried to drill in the Arctic and luckily so far we've been able to stop uh you know that oil company from um Uh, You know, from from drilling in the Arctic, uh, we've been able to put a stop to that oil pipeline that was going to be uh, constructed that would have run from Canada down to the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, As I said in the opening, some people are choosing to be a vegan as a way of life, uh, as their new spirituality, um, we're fighting to have our food labeled. The TPP trade deal hasn't been signed into law because we have been, you know, kicking up the dust and and uh, we've been the squeaky wheel. And you know what they say: the squeaky wheel gets the grease. That's what activism is. We should just get used to the idea that corporate interests are always going to run counter to what's best for the earth, and it's us to up, and it's and it's up to us to be wise stewards. Yes, um, for a long time people have been asleep at the wheel, but they're waking up. Average people are getting involved, and it makes a difference. Look at the incredible success of Bernie Sanders. One man, one man has started this revolution and is waking up thousands and thousands of people. And what an extraordinary opportunity we have to support um, this once in a lifetime climate, uh, uh, this once in a lifetime candidate, and hopefully uh, get him in the White House. So, you know, my, I want to take this back to how one person makes a difference, whether it's Bernie Sanders, whether it's my mom, whether it's you, or whether it's me. Find your passion. And make it your cause. One person does make a difference, as cliche as that sounds. You know, I can't tell you um, the Facebook posts that I saw, how in caucuses around the country, one person's vote turned the tide for either Hillary or Bernie. So think about that. You know, don't think that uh, you're just one person and you can't make a difference. You can. Become an expert in your cause and become a conversation leader or a spokesperson. Align yourself with organizations with similar interests, like maybe Rianne Eisler's Partnership Society, maybe it's animal rights, maybe it's the environment, maybe it's voter rights, whatever it is, whatever floats your boat, because when times get hard and it's, it's a struggle and it's a challenge, you want to make sure it's something you care about because it's your passion that will sustain you volunteer donate become a democratic socialist (laughs) but always choose partnership over domination be courageous don't vote for the status quo because you're afraid to do anything else don't be manipulated and remember what rianne eisler says she says what's good for the many or the common I'm sorry. Let me rephrase. I don't want to quote her wrong. Riane Eisler always says, "What's good for women is good for the world." I think I think we can think of that as what's good for the many or the common good, and not just the few. That's part of that too. So, if you really believe in our interconnection and care about nature or Mother Earth. This is, this is what reconciling your spirituality and your politics is about. Get out there and do something to make the world a better place, even if it starts with just one little thing. So up pops my last slide, and it's that picture of Bernie Sanders with that little bird who appeared on his podium that day. Even if it just starts with one person or one little thing, because all of these things eventually add up. They all make a difference. It is like a pebble in a pond. So I have taken you on this journey, told you a little bit about my life, my mom's life, life, what inspired me to do what I'm doing. I uh, talked about climate change and the importance of Earth Day and reconciling our, our um spirituality and our politics and i want to thank you for coming along on this journey and my thought was that uh at the start of this you know we opened with a prayer of sorrow because we have to acknowledge that we've forgotten who we are but now now perhaps we can think about the progress we've made the hope that we have for the future And I'd like to close with the Prayer of Gratitude, which is the bookend to the prayer I opened with. It's called a Prayer of Gratitude. I refer to it as the Prayer of Remembering. And it goes like this. We rejoice in all life. We remember who we are. We live in all things. All things live in us. We rejoice in all life. We remember who we are. We live by the sun. We move with the stars. We rejoice in all life. We remember who we are. We eat from the earth. We drink from the rain. We breathe from the air. We rejoice in all life. We remember who we are. We share with the creatures. We have strength through their gifts. We rejoice in all life. We remember who we are. We depend on the forests. We have knowledge through their secrets. We rejoice in all life. We remember who we are. We have the privilege of seeing and understanding. We have the responsibility of caring. We have the joy of celebrating. Well, thank you. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in with me uh, for Earth Day. Uh, that is the bulk of my presentation. And um, I will be back with you at uh, our, actually, on the 22nd. I'm sorry, not on the 22nd. I will be back with you, uh, I believe, on Tuesday, the 26th, uh, because I have uh, another special uh, offering I'd like to share with you about, um, um, how would you say, I guess um, you might put it, it's another issue of domination versus partnership, how um, journalism is a sacred trust and how... um, the fact that we have no real journalism anymore, that it's all been corrupted by corporate money. Uh, we're going to be talking about how uh, the lack of journalistic integrity is, um, is a form of domination. And because they manipulate the public, they are also thwarting democracy. They are um, preventing people from making smart choices because of the disinformation, because of their lack of integrity. So I will be with you Tuesday to uh, talk to you about that, another special show. And then um, on Wednesday I will be back and uh, with, uh, at my regular scheduled time with my wonderful guest, uh, Patricia Ilona. And uh, Patricia is going to be talking t- uh, to us about Jung and the goddess in the 21st century. So uh, there's uh, a lot happening in these uh, these two weeks here. So I did open the chat room, uh, just in case uh, anyone would like to, uh, uh, to post anything there. Uh, but what I'm going to do is uh, put on that, Song that I opened the show with it was called Meta Prayer by Celia and you got to hear a minute of it. I'm going to go ahead and let you hear the full song. And if anyone says anything in the chat room, I'll be happy to come back online. But as I said, I think a lot of my listeners um, actually catch this uh, from the archives, so they're not here to comment. But that's okay. Uh, No one knew I was going to open the chat room today. And I just did it on a impulse anyway. So anyway, uh, here is uh, Celia with her full song called Meta Prayer, Perfect for Earth Day Today. And uh, please, no matter where you are, uh, enjoy Earth Day, celebrate Earth Day, be in gratitude for Mother Earth. Uh, watch the butterflies or the hummingbirds or the roses growing or uh, the ocean uh, ocean waters ebbing and flowing or the stream flowing. The air, the air that you breathe, whatever it is, give thanks. Give thanks to her. And don't forget, you know, we have such an impact on nature. Think about uh, those um, I, 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 professor Emoto that author Emoto, who who told us how we can actually change the um, you know the crystals and water by what we say to it you know do we tell water that we love it and create these beautiful crystals and you know change the um, you know the the molecules in the water so that they create beautiful crystals or do we say negative things and um you know and 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 instead you know we create you know these ugly molecules and you know it creates something totally different you know we know that there's studies out there that show if we talk to plants that plants thrive we are all interconnected you know we really are and we have to remind ourselves of that because in this technological world that we live in it's not something that uh i think is in our face every day we really have to make a conscious attempt to remember so uh here is Celia and i'll keep the chat room open for just uh a couple minutes till her song is over about uh, 3 3 to 4 minutes and um Uh, If no one says, if, if no one posts anything, then I'll just say have a wonderful weekend. I'll be back with you Tuesday and Wednesday of next week, and enjoy your Earth Day weekend. It turns out uh, some of you are out there, and a lot of you were just saying thank you. Uh, thank you for the show, and thank you for the Earth Day show, and you are welcome. Uh, And thank you for tuning in. Uh, You are gas in my tank. Uh, Silver Fox asked if uh, I was going to give away free books tonight, uh, as I've been doing on my last few shows. And uh, yes, I will. I will go ahead and do that. Um, If you're one of the lucky ones to be listening live or uh, in the chat room, uh, for the first three people who email me, at my email address, which is Karen Tate 108 at ca.rr.com. Uh, if you are in the U.S., I will mail you a free copy of my book, Walking an Ancient Path. If you are not in the U.S., I'll figure out how to get you a PDF of, uh, of one of my books so yeah so I am still offering that so I will repeat the email address one more time because you do have to say uh, hi I heard the offer on the show and I'd like the book because um, and that's Karen Tate 108 at ca.rr.com so the first three people I'm happy to give uh, three copies of Walking an Ancient Path away uh, tonight. Also, somebody said, um, uh, uh, a cat sister <laughs> um, said uh, they ha- she hadn't heard me play uh, the Sacred Roar special effect in a while. And that's true. I kind of forgot I had this in, the, in my sound effects. So I'm going to go ahead and, and play that real quick here. Here it goes. <laughs> I to turn it off Oof. okay, I think I turned that off. Hope that didn't blast your eardrum, <laughs> but yeah, that was the sacred roar um, and then, um. Uh, one of one of you also said uh, uh, Penny Penny Sue uh, said she hadn't heard me play uh, any of the outtakes of Fem for a while, um, and would I. If if I had time, would I play one of those? So, yeah, why not? I have a quick out tape from uh, when I was in the film Femme, Women Healing the World, that uh, documentary that uh, Sharon Stone put together with Wonderland Entertainment. So uh, here goes, a, a short little two-minute clip. start in just a second here. Well yeah, I've had a one-sided view of the divine. and the reason we've had a one-sided view of the divine is because the myths that uh, our society lives by are the myths that only speak about a male god, when, in fact, a goddess has been around for 30, 30 or 40,000 years uh... we can look to the artifacts we can look to the archaeological sites we can look to the textiles we can look to the myths but you know because religion is about power and politics uh... the sacred feminine has sort of been swept beneath the sands of time and uh, the mythology of goddess uh... has been uh, obscured uh... because this is all about um... Uh, uplifting Uh, the patriarchy as opposed to um, having a balanced society where you have the attributes of the feminine and the masculine uh, in control in society. So when you consider that uh, one person's myth is another person's religion uh, and and when that myth is um, dominated by a male guide, well then you have male leadership. Uh, that, that predominates in society. So as a result, women have been subjugated, and goddesses uh, become our role models. They become our archetypes. So when we only have a male god that that is at the center of society, well, that sets the male gender up to be the leader of the society, and, and that then um, subjugates women to sort of a second-class supporting role rather than a partnership, rather than uh, an equal role where they are, uh, in a sense, um, you know, looking over humankind together, or men and women or leading and ruling together. Okay, that's that clip. And... Um... I, am, uh, I do have a special running right now. If you have not been able to get a copy of uh, FEM, which I highly recommend uh, for your library, uh, I am actually selling some copies of FEM uh, at a discount. Uh, they're $10 plus uh, shipping and handling. So uh, if you'd like to get one from me, um, you can get in touch with me, and I will be happy uh, to um, send one along to you. And um, to your listeners, as I say uh, every show, uh, because it is so important, uh, what we uh, nurture, what we tend to, it thrives, and uh, what we neglect, it withers. So uh, if you do appreciate the show, uh, I, I do wish you would uh, support it uh, by either, um, um, you know, sending me an email once in a while, tell me if you like what's going on, uh, tell me uh, you know, if you have any suggestions for show guests or uh, anything you like or don't like uh, I love your feedback uh, you are gas in my tank and um, if you can uh, please go to my website KarenTate.com uh, avail yourself of all the free stuff there uh, I mean it's a rich rich website uh, there's free downloadable meditations there's uh, interviews uh, that I've given with people that um, uh, I, I think are very informative about goddess spirituality sacred sites uh, all different things uh, related to Goddess. You can hear all of that free. Uh, there are talks, links to talks that I've given. There's uh, um, the audio book series I've started from my book, Goddess Calling. Um, so I would just like to, uh, you know, ask you for your support um, uh You know, uh, help me continue to do the work that I do in the world Uh, because you you may or may not know, you know, authors like me, we probably make a dollar a book. Uh, We're not getting rich doing this, and uh, I pay for airtime to have the show. Uh, So if you could uh, just help me out by buying books, or um, you know, buying CDs, or some of the other stuff I have on my KarenTate.com website, or even just send in a donation. Imagine if a hundred of you each sent in a five dollar donation. That would be an incredible boon uh, to help me continue to do my work. I could probably even afford to travel uh outside of uh California and uh give presentations to groups that uh You know, can't really afford to Pay my way there uh, And neither can I afford to um, You know, fly to a destination But if um, You know, if if we had a fund So to speak, for things like that um, I could bring the teachings uh, You know, to more people that were uh, Beyond driving distance So, anyway, you've heard me say it before I I don't want to sound like uh, PBS going on and on and on I think you get it Um, You know, no more than we can go to God us and treat her like an ATM machine where we only take and take and take. Um, We really do have to be uh, people who live uh, a life of reciprocity. We can't always take and take and never give back, Um, you know, no matter what part of our life we're talking about. You know, we can't expect people to care about us if we don't care about them. Um, life is about reciprocity if you really do want to have a good quality life. So I will close tonight with uh, a quote of mine that I enjoy and I believe is relevant to tonight's show. The great she is challenging us to do what's right for the most of us for the sake of humanity and the planet. OK, I will go check my email and see if any of you uh, popped me an email to get a free book or a free PDF. And thank you so very much for being with me tonight. Enjoy your weekend, as I said. Uh, may the great she embrace you and her golden wings. And I will be back on Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. Yes, indeed, I sure will. I'll go out with a little bit of music here. Hmm. Be optimistic.